Hey, I'm Emily. And I'm Emily. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Coming Up Roses. Hey guys, welcome back. This week we are in the Focus to the Future episode series yet again. And today we are talking all things dance career. And I actually have two guests today. They are my dance BFFs, Sydney and Erica. Hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> you guys know Sydney. She's been on before when we talked about, what did we talk about? A returner. Creativity. Creativity. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and Sydney, Erica, and I are in the same pod in our program this year. So we spent a lot of time talking about the future together. And so I thought it'd be fun to have them on and just kind of talk about how this experience has been for each of us. Um, we're all kind of doing different things. Well, Sydney and I audition for a lot of the same companies, but Erica is doing um, a lot of different stuff. So I just thought it would be cool to kind of talk about that and um, talk about how different this experience is for us compared to other career paths that people are going into. Um, So first question, I'll send it to Erica first. Talk about when you knew you wanted to be a dancer for the rest of your life. Yeah, so I grew up dancing at a cute little competition studio in my hometown and I had a super old school Russian ballet teacher so when we were nine she had us get our point shoes which is definitely pretty young for (laughs) most standards nowadays but as soon as I got those point shoes I was obsessed with ballet you know before it was jazz tap hip-hop got those point shoes I was all about the ballet so I would spend all of my free time watching professional ballet dancers, specifically Russian ones like Svetlana (laughs) Zakharova, you know, and um, just really, really loved doing that. And I started having some issues at this competition studio. It just wasn't the right fit for me. The dance competition scene didn't really work for me and my family very well. So I almost stopped dancing and I was so upset. I didn't know what to do. And my mom said to me, Erica, you spend all of your time watching ballet on YouTube. I really think you like dancing. I just don't think you're dancing at the right place. So when I was in eighth grade, I switched to more of a ballet school. We did a Nutcracker and then another full-length ballet every year. And I had really supportive teachers who really believed in me and told me and my parents that I could likely have a professional dance career. So they helped reinstill my love for dance. And by my sophomore year of high school, I just couldn't imagine doing anything else with my life. It just felt like the right choice for me. So I will forever be in debt to my mom for pointing out to me that (laughs) I did indeed really love ballet. That's so cool though that, you know, like you you had that almost quitting experience, but like found your love for it again, which I think happens for a lot of people with their passions when you start really young, like a lot of us did. But Sid, talk about when you knew you wanted to dance forever and ever and ever. Well, mine is definitely not like Erica's. <laughs> I So technically, I danced when I was really little, but it wasn't like anything super strenuous. It was like once a week, um, ballet and tap, and then you'd alternate between jazz and ballet, I think. So I did that when I was little, and I was super into sports. I used to hate going to dance. I was such an overworked child. (laughs) I was in soccer. I was in gymnastics. I was in cheerleading. I was in, like, tumbling. You name it, I did it. I was so overbooked. So eventually I had to kind of make choices, and dance was always, like, something that was, like, kind of in my life, but I never, ever took it seriously whatsoever. And then I think it was my junior year, I kind of – started having to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and I was always petrified of working a nine-to-five I just thought that was like a death sentence so I had to do something that was more creative and fun for me and I wasn't feeling challenged by anything at that time so I was like I need something that I'm not good at so I was super into cheerleading and I was like well you can't cheer forever and then somebody told me that you could dance as a career in college and I had no idea that was a thing so I was like very intrigued by it so I just decided to go full throttle in the dance thing um I looked at all the schools I'm from outside of St. Louis so I had to find a school that was in Missouri specifically so that's whenever I realized UMKC was a thing they had a dance program here we are yeah mine I have a very similar story to well kind of a mesh actually of your guys' stories um 
very similar the similar thread between all of us is we almost quit right yeah. um I my mom is a dancer and so when I was the minimum age my parents put me in dance um I kind of liked it kind of didn't honestly would rather sit at home and do nothing honestly at that age but um when I was in third grade I quit everything but tap and hip-hop in fifth grade I decided I want to be in the Nutcracker my mom said well sister you have to take ballet class so I got back into it and then I wanted to be on competition which meant I had to do basically everything and then when it came to deciding what I wanted to do I'm first grandchild oldest kid only grand only um girl in my family so there's a lot of lot of external pressure on me I feel like um and I worked really hard in school so I had either (laughs) neuroscience or dance on on the agenda so I auditioned in two places one place um I could have done both I wouldn't have gotten a BFA which I'm getting now I would have gotten a BA which is like not as rigorous but it was between that and neuroscience and if my dream school which I think I mentioned before was WashU in St. Louis. And I told myself if I got into WashU, I was going. Because they do have a dance program. It's not great, but it's there. Um, and it's like like getting getting better every year because they have some really cool faculty. So I was like, I could see myself dancing there and also doing neuroscience. If I was like, if I don't get in to WashU, I'll pick either University of Illinois or UMKC. And I got waitlisted at WashU. And I was like, what do I do? And I remember my brother talking about how he couldn't wait to to not wrestle anymore like he loved wrestling in tournaments but he did not like cutting weight and doing all that kind of stuff and I was like I can't imagine ever being like I'm not going to dance anymore and that's when I knew like if I couldn't picture myself now not doing it every single day why would I even choose one of the other schools where dance wouldn't be my priority it would kind of be like almost a burden with a really hard science degree I wasn't good at science either so very thankful I didn't do that um and I've almost quit a couple times while I've been here but here I am about to graduate with my BFA so didn't quit um and I I talk about like our journeys because I think it's important to um especially in a creative art that we started so young I think it's important to talk about like where we came from and how it's kind of shaped what we want to do next so my next question um well before I start my next question we're all currently auditioning for companies and a dance company essentially is just a group of dancers and then there's like artistic directors and they put on shows and performances right now it's a lot of video work um they usually have schools attached to them so these are not like nine to five jobs but they're typically like full-time work um you're just dancing instead of working and so we're all auditioning literally everywhere. Um, that is also a common thread between the three of us is we've been in Virginia. We've auditioned in Cal- well, through Zoom in California, um, <laughs> Chicago, Kansas City. So um, we're auditioning everywhere. So I'll turn it to Erica first again. What is something you look for in a dance company when you want to audition for them? For sure. So I am hoping to go the ballet route. Like I said, ever since I was nine, got those point shoes, kind of have had my eye on the prize there. Um, So how I ended up finding companies that I wanted to send stuff to was, I'm not sure which organization does this, but someone releases a list every few years where they rank ballet companies by Mm. their budget. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got a hold of that list, and there's literally hundreds and hundreds of companies on this. So I seriously did a control find on this spreadsheet for the word ballet, and basically added almost every company with the name ballet in it to a spreadsheet of my own. And from there, I looked up all of these different companies and some things that were important to me. Honestly, a big first impression is what their website looks like. If it's organized, if you can find information, or if it's super weird looking and you can't find anything you need. it's not secure. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. From there, there's a lot of different factors. Location. As much as I want to go live in California or Colorado, I know that could be expensive on a dancer's budget. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, another important thing for me is connections. Do I know somebody who dances there? Do I know somebody who is a director or who has choreographed there? So I would say those are the main things I have been looking out for and keeping in my mind when doing all my company research. 
Yeah. What about you, Sydney? You're going to more <laughs> modern, contemporary. So I just want to say, because I think this is funny, whenever we would like have to sit down in a circle and like talk about companies where we wanted to go to, like freshman, sophomore year, I didn't, because I was new to dance, I didn't know of any companies, so I would either copy what somebody would say, <laughs> or I would say the big companies that, like, Alvin everyone knows, Ailey. like, Alvin Ailey, Martha Graham, which the Martha Graham <laughs> Dance Company is my top-tier company forever, but I think the biggest thing for me is I want something that serves my purpose and makes me happy. I don't necessarily care where or, you know, if they're a big company, if they're small, if they're more project-based, but I want to do something that is super intense, super athletic. I used to say I wanted to dance for a company like Deeply Rooted, and then I was so hesitant to audition for this past company um, with them, and then I was like, you know what, I always have said that I've wanted to dance for them, so why not try, but I love how intense they are, just Martha Graham, anything with a level of just like strong, modern technique and an athletic approach is something I want to pursue. Yeah. I started compiling companies. So when we were freshmen and sophomore and juniors, they would sit us down in a circle and be like, where's your dream company? Like, shoot for the stars. And I actually, I still, well, not this year, but up until, like, last year, my mom still got me a subscription to Dance Spirit Magazine. Yes. And once a year, they pull a list of, companies and their websites and like basic information about them and so I made a spreadsheet as well my sophomore winter break and I put all the companies that piqued my interest on there um and I started I divided them up into this one has a summer intensive this one has a trainee program this one is just the first company this one has first and second company and really familiarize myself with like how different companies work um, and summer intensives were a way for me to realize what I wanted in a company. I've loved a lot of summer intensives I've gone to, um, and it helped me figure out, you know, I went to Mark Morris summer intensive in between my junior, sophomore and junior year um, in New York, and that company is really, really, really well funded by the um, New York state government and by donors. Um, the dancers are very well paid. They have health insurance. They have great benefits. And so for me, a big factor is like, how do they treat their dancers? Um, unfortunately, dance is not super well funded in the United States or art in general. Like in other countries, they have like subsidized arts programs. We don't have that here as much. New York state does subsidize like Gibney, but we're just name dropping companies and people are like, uh, I have to look that up, but like give me a state subsidized. But, um, so for me, a big thing is, you know, are they kind of working their dancers to the bone for 10, 11 bucks an hour when it comes down to it? How long are the contracts? Are they allowed to do work outside of their, um, 20, 30 week contracts, things like that? Because as much as I love dance and as much as I want to be a professional dancer, I do not want to work for free or work less than I'm worth. Um, I think there's something to be said for, I one time heard from a dancer here in Kansas City that if you're not learning or making money, it's not worth your time. And I think there are some things that like, yeah, I would definitely do those for free just to get the experience, but there's some things I wouldn't. Like moving to Los Angeles for three years, I don't think I would do for free, <laughs> for free labor. So that's kind of where I'm at, um, but I'm also very open to moving literally wherever. So, very exciting time in our lives. Um, I'll actually start the next question, and you guys can kind of chime in, but this process has obviously looked very different for us as burgeoning professional dancers because there is a pandemic going on. Most companies are not doing in-person auditions, and if they are, it's like invitation only or send us your resume and footage of you and then we'll let you know if you can come audition in person or there's like eight rounds like I've done an audition that's got like five rounds and it's like this round is online and then this round is live and then this round is in person and so um but essentially what I what I do is I try to once a day um literally every day look on my little company spreadsheet and on the spreadsheet I have like okay deeply rooted. They need my resume. They need a reel. They need references. They need this and they need this. 
cool, what's one of those things I can get done today or tomorrow? And I always, always, always email companies. Just, you know, hop on that Gmail, use a little stock. Hi, my name is Only Rockers. I'm from the University of Missouri, Kansas City. I'll be graduating in May of 2021 with a dance BFA. I was wondering if you had any opportunities. Um, and you always say, like, I love your work, even if you've literally never heard of them. Like, you, you know, you go look at their website after you send that email. So it's always kind of a grind. Like, that's kind of how I described it to my parents this past weekend was, like, it's kind of like an everyday, pretty frequent thing, especially right now. It's audition season. Um, and also, like, asking your friends, like, hey, who's auditioning for Deeply next week? Who wants to work on rep together? Like, let, let's get it done. Um, which has been fun. It's been fun to audition with my friends and to, like, help my friends film stuff and to, you know, do that kind of thing because I don't think I could do it. I certainly would not do some of the auditions I'm doing if it were not for, like, someone poking me in the side. But anyone else have anything to add to, like, what this process is like? Yeah, I can share my experience a little bit. So first semester from, like, August through December, I would say, obviously the pandemic's not over, but it felt more like there was never going to be an end, that we were kind of, like, living in this forever. So I was like, okay, well, right now I'm in college. I won't think about the future. And it was always, like, in my mind, but I had so much anxiety and fear that, like, the world was never going to open up and, like, dance was no more. And then I would say that was probably through January, and I had Emily come over and help me look through, like, a whole Excel sheet of just, like, companies and companies and companies. And I think that, like, quality is definitely better than quantity. Mm. So, honestly, for the past, ever since I had my freak out in January, I've really not done much as far as, like, stressing about things but I've noticed that this past month or two since it is like audition season things just naturally have started to occur I'll be on Instagram and I'll see that like companies are opening up I still check the websites but I'm not so desperate in my search and I've noticed that since my desperation has subsided a little bit and I've definitely became a lot more calmer things have started to just appear yeah and also it's funny because we like our professor love our professors but they kept being like companies are surely having auditions and I was like no (laughs) companies don't know what they're doing like as of October November companies were straight up like we still don't know what's going on and now that the vaccine is out they kind of have a better idea of what that looks like and like yes they know they want to hire dancers but like just because we were operating and dancing in person does not mean everyone else was what do you think Erica Yeah, I would totally agree. And I think a big theme I've been learning with all of this lately is just to be patient Mm -hmm. and accept the fact that companies, yeah, really don't know what they're doing. It's gotten a lot better and there's more certainty, but it's really hard to say what things are going to look like come the start of next season. But for me with this process, I need to make a shout out to my younger brother real fast because over Christmas break when I was home, I'm very lucky when I'm home there, um, I'm really connected to the studios there and I was able to book a studio to film a lot of stuff for auditions. Um, So my younger brother helped me out, came in with our little old camcorder (laughs) and (laughs) videotaped me doing um, a classical variation, which is a solo from a classical ballet and then also my ballet classwork. So I'm glad I had that on hand, ready to go for this semester as I've been sending stuff out. But other than that, I would say pretty similar to you, Rackers. I kind of have a stock email. Hi, my name is Erica Lohman. I'll be graduating from UMKC in May. I'm looking for opportunities. I've attached my resume. Here's a link to a video. Yeah. You guys are great. I hope we connect soon. <laughs> so, I'd love to hear from you. And also similar to you, I try to... Um, on the weekends plan out which companies I'm going to send my stuff to for the upcoming week and get my videos in order. Something that I find very time consuming, at least with the companies I've looked at, all of them want a different video. Mm -hmm. You would think at this point, I swear, I've made 13 different videos that have unlisted YouTube links. You would think I would have every type of video possible now, but no, I'll always get on a website and it'll be like, we want a seven-minute video 
only right side at bar, but both right and left at center, and then a reel that has this, this. So it's just, that's been very time consuming, making all the different videos and splicing them together. <laughs> that's something that I've kind of noticed has been a challenge with all of this, and personally. And for me, it was always like, I, don't, I got very in my head about the whole reel and resume because I was like, I don't have anything worthwhile to put in my reel and resume, which is not true. Like I've done stuff while I've been here, but I always was like, oh no, I don't have the video. I don't have the solo in my reel, but like I've slapped some senior capstone work in there that is beautiful and stunning and through a rehearsal video of me doing my solo pre all the changes and that has, they've accepted it every time. Not that I've got a job or anything, uh, but they haven't been like, ew, no, don't come to our audition, like, <laughs> you know, companies, so I think getting over that hump of, like, ah, my reel has to look this way, and ah, my resume has to look this way, and just, like, making it look polished for what it is, like, the audition I had last week, my, re- my, re- bleh, my reel looks not great, but I was <laughs> like, you know what, <laughs> here it is, I'm, in parentheses, it says, I'm the girl with bangs on every <laughs> single video, because I didn't have enough time to make them an arrow so uh, if I don't get hired I will assume that's why but and sometimes you just have to hit send you just have to turn it in you know you can sit there and be picky and try to make it perfect all you want but it reaches a point where you just have to say this is who I am right now this is where my dancing is at right now and if you want me this is what you guys are getting exactly I think that's hard too because I keep I keep I've been talking about this in terms of like other things but I keep waiting for my for me to like arrive to like be the dancer that companies want to hire and like I'll always be growing and working on my technique and learning and like just because I don't get a job now or even if I do like doesn't mean that's the end all be all it's not like oh you got a company job you don't need to work hard anymore like it's always a that's what I love about dance and so I need to stop I think it's hard to get out of my head that I'm not there yet to be in a company because I am I'm 22 that's what that's the age they want to hire you at so yeah I would say it's there's been companies I've looked at that are like 22 is the minimum age so it's like they want a more mature looking dancer and I think here there's like this stigma and a lot of places are like this like you fail if you Mm -hmm. don't immediately have a job the day graduation comes and that's not true and I've definitely had to kind of cope with the realization that I might not have a job the second I graduate, but I definitely think that I will have a job and I will have the right job for me. And there's some companies I've auditioned for that are definitely not for me and they're not going to fuel my purpose. But their audition was free. So (laughs) we go. And I also think too, something my mom reminded me of is she goes, the world is also not in an academic year. So like the fact that you graduate in May, like some places probably won't know what they're doing till May or June. Like, just because you're on the academic timetable doesn't mean the rest of the world is. That kind of leads. That's good. Yeah, it was good. Um, so what has been the most challenging part about this process for whoever wants to start it off? I can start. We kind of briefly touched this, but there's been so much like video footage. And I think the fact that like, I can see it and it's not we're not live at an audition I'm not just like oh I messed up or I could have done that better I just want to re-record and re-record and re-record and eventually like you are where you are in this moment and you can only have so many takes but I think just like being more secure with where you are and what you have to offer and then just fully submitting that yeah yeah I am what I have to say piggybacks right off of that I think the most challenging part for me has been how time consuming it is. Um, I came into my senior year with two jobs and then got offered a third job that I was super, super interested in and was so excited to be offered. So I have three jobs right now, all part time, but having the jobs on top of being in the dance program and all of the commitments that is, and you know, just being a college student, being involved, having friends, having a social life. On top of all of that, and honestly kind of feels like this audition stuff, is another job. Yeah. Um, Because it's very... Anytime I have to sit on my computer and send emails, because we are such movement-based people who are on the go all the time, I call it my administrative work. (laughs) So it feels like I'm doing hours of administrative work for myself every week. Um, So yeah, just if 
a company is asking for a super specific video, it could take me 45 minutes to get that video spliced in, on YouTube and then in the email to send to them. So 45 minutes times five companies approximately a week, it just adds up and it's sometimes mm -hmm. hard to find those hours in the day. So I've been trying to just be understanding with myself and know that I can't send my stuff literally everywhere. And there's definitely companies that I've missed the deadline or I look yeah. at what they're requiring and I'm like, I just can't swing that. I don't have the time to get it into them. And yeah, just kind of accepting that I'm doing the best that I can. And yeah, you can't, you can't do it all all the time. So that's been my journey. Yeah. I think that's the most challenging part for me too, is like, you know, we're basically like we're full-time students. A lot of us work or have other like outside, like, you know, activities, endeavors, whatever. And at the same time, we're like hustling to get a job. Like it is, I mean, last week, I, we probably put in what, like four hours of work outside of all of our regular rehearsals and class time, Sydney and I did to fit an audition footage in. And then had to get it submitted the day we filmed the things. Like, there's, and we had a week, but still, like, there's a show going on. Like, you know, it's like the rest of the world is still spinning, and we're like trying to hit all these deadlines and stuff. And also, the most challenging part for me is, and this is no tea, no shade to the artistic community, but we're some disorganized people and <laughs> companies. A lot of companies are ran by dancers or former dancers. And so, like, not a lot of people work in administration and get really good at that, like, rhythm. And so to jump from, like, the, the creative side into this, like, boring running the website, sending emails thing, what, what, what can feel boring to people who've been dancers, it can be a little disjointed and a little disorganized. And just, like, we're also in a pandemic, and so people don't know what they're doing, and plans change last minute, and Zoom is hard. And so also learning, like, the same issues we have as university students of the Zoom link not working. Your professor doesn't email you back because they're in bed. You know, the, the cameras. We have this oh, automatically camera. adjusting camera in one of the studios, <laughs> and it, like, will zoom in on your face while you're dancing because um, it's broken. And so, like, understanding that those things are happening for everyone, which I think is a good reminder in this pandemic anyways, but also just, you know... Companies are made up of the same people I'm with every day. They're humans. They're creatives. It's not going to be a perfect science. So, like, yeah, maybe they email you back, like, seven weeks late. you got to give them some grace because they're human. They're in a pandemic. They're artists. Like, it's all the same thing I'm going through. And so that's been really hard for me to remember just to, like, I don't have to hold them to this impossibly high standard, especially these small companies that are ran by, like, the same nine people trying to do everything. So kind of in that same vein, what's something you wish you knew before you started audition season as a senior? Outside of the pandemic, of course. Not, I wish I could tell my junior self there'd be a horrible pandemic that essentially <laughs> a little warning. rocks the dance world. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to answer this as a, what would I, something I wish I would have known, like when I started dance, like pursuing yeah. dance, because mm. I pursued it later. I wish I would have known how like familiar and secondhand like rejection has to be for you. That's good. Yeah. Because you are constantly every little thing about you is being scrutinized and rejected and it's finding the way to not take it personally necessarily. And I think that you can have and you should go through like periods of mourning. Like if there's something that like, oh, like I wish I would have gotten that or like this person got it and I didn't. It's, I think you should accept the fact that it's a rejection, but you shouldn't dwell in that rejection and then finding a way to not take it personally. I would say that's been the biggest learning curve that I had no idea this type of field mm -hmm. would be so riddled with. Mm -hmm. Well, because I'm especially, this is not really in the same line of like company gigs, but just like being a dance major in college, you know, everyone who comes here was talented when they were at their home studio or at their home company or at their high school like college is just kind of a place that attracts that kind of person like someone who's kind of like a go-getter especially the dance program we're in like 
it's not just anybody walking through the doors in a class every day and not everyone stays around. So like we're all coming from a place, man, that first year, like some people just realize it's not for them. And so the people that are still around, you just really realize, oh, we're, we were, we all used to be really, really good and the favorite. Now we're just all here and we're not all the favorite. And that's definitely hard. And yeah, rejection. I think I wrote in my journal my sophomore year when I was sad all the time that like, like every day and every class and every like encounter can feel like a rejection. And like part of that is true because like some days you're on, some days you're off, like in class. Some days you can hit that balance, some days you can't. So I've noticed with myself, especially like these past four years of like really diving into dance, I can maybe take dance type of rejection super well. Like I've gotten that under control. But any other form of something that like doesn't go my way, specifically in regular life, oh, that is like the worst pain or the most immediate rejection. So I've definitely, I have a very competitive spirit sometimes and it's been, rejection has caused me to kind of dive into that a little too much almost. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thought. I, last summer, went through my yoga certification. I got my 200-hour certification. <laughs> and she a yogi? Not to sound dramatic, but it truly was life-changing. Not, like, really as much with the movement and the breathing, because that's stuff I've learned so much as a dancer, but with all the philosophy. And one piece of yoga philosophy that has always stuck with me is that there's a cycle of suffering and it always begins with not seeing reality as it is. So I think it's really easy when you get that rejection to think, oh, they don't like me, I did a bad job. But that's not the reality. The reality often is the company isn't hiring. We're in the middle of a pandemic, so they don't have money. They're only or hiring boys and they're you're only a hiring girl. boys. <laughs> they're looking for a tall brunette girl and I'm a shorter blonde girl, you know? So yeah. just not seeing rejection as I'm bad or they're bad, but just seeing it as it wasn't meant to be this Mm -hmm. time around. Yeah. What do you wish you knew before you started this, Ms. Erica? I think I have to go back to the time commitment. I wish I just would have been more prepared for all the time I spend doing my administrative work. And I don't really know what I could have done differently. Maybe just get all of my videos and stuff in order sooner. Um, But at the same time, companies didn't really start posting stuff until beginning of January. So I wish I could say over break, over Christmas break, I should have been hustling more and doing more, but there wasn't much to do. You kind of just had to wait around for it. And now we're in the midst of a full semester and we're also on this audition hustle. So yeah, yeah, just back to that time commitment has been a challenge. I think kind of in that same vein, I wish I would have known, and I kind of anticipated this, but I think because when you're a freshman and a sophomore, you're so far removed from the seniors, you don't interact with them at all unless it's in a piece. Um, And then last year, when the juniors were in their audition season, they went home, you know, because of the pandemic. And I wish I would have known how much headspace it takes up, not just for me, but for the people around me. Like, it feels like I'm always thinking about it, not in a sense of like obsessive, but like, oh, yeah, Eisenhower is due next week. I need to find some time this week to learn their rep or oh yeah, I wonder if this company's ever going to email me back, or hey, this company in LA said they wanted to Zoom with me, but they haven't responded, should I do this? But also, like, the people around me, sometimes we'll go on our, like, little lunch break, and we're we're just talking about it, and it's like, I was already thinking about it this morning, we just came out of dance class where we were all thinking about it, like, we're talking about it now, and then even the people in my life, my boyfriend, my parents, my friends, are always like, what's going on with the company stuff? I just didn't realize how much, I mean, it's a, it's a big life shift to graduate from college, but for a lot of my friends, they know what they're doing. So like no one's thinking about it or like, oh yeah, like good luck at your audition. We're like very much in that season of hope you get a job because, but it, I just didn't realize how almost obsessive it can get like with people talking about it. I've really tried to keep it in its own space. Like when I have my time, I want to work on it at home or here. I have it. When it's the lunch break in between class, let me just eat my, my, my food or whatever I brought that day. 
and let's not talk about dance for like 30 minutes. Or if we are going to talk about dance, let's talk about, you know, the show or something unrelated to companies. Like, because a lot of us are auditioning for the same companies. And so it can start to feel like this senior class is just kind of getting like, ah, 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 and it's like, it doesn't really don't have to be like that. Uh, it's not which one of us from UMKC is going to get it. It's which one of the 500 applicants are they going <laughs> to pick. Because um, a lot of us have done a lot of the same auditions because there's only so many out there. Um, so really quick before we finish on a note of advice is if you don't get the company gig by May, what is it, 15, what are some other options you're looking into? I can start this off. Um, I'm getting my Pilates certification in April. Woohoo! Woo um, so if I don't, um, and you guys know I applied to grad school as well, and I'm going to do an episode. Um, this next episode is going to be all about my other potential endeavors if I don't, um, if I decide to do something other than dance, and. I am going to start with the very basic Pilates certification, and if I end up not moving or not having anything like long-term set in stone, I'm just going to keep going with that. You can get, excuse me, pretty far in that, and I'm doing it through a place here, so I would need to like stay near them to continue. Um, and honestly, the fitness stuff I'm super passionate about. Super passionate about like empowering people through like mindful fitness and so um either staying at my current job or finding a, a different place to teach but that's definitely something I can like run with and um I'm also applying to a couple like administrative jobs with dance um my professor actually recommended I do that I think it's because I'm the only person who helps him with zoom he thinks <laughs> I'm like really really good at like running things um God bless him, because that's very kind of him, but a um, cu couple companies in New York. Um, I have some people who are going to be in New York um, at least over the summer, so potentially moving out there and working in the dance world, but not um, working, like, dancing for a company, but, like, working for a company, which would be cool to learn that side of things, so that's kind of what I'm looking at in addition to company life, and disclaimer, all these things are not like, oh, if we don't get a job, we're, we're done. It's like, no, the training never stops. The gigging never stops. It's just like, what else? What else can we add to the to the repertoire? Mm. Oh, also, I would love to start my own dance company. Sydney and Erica will be full company members. Yes. <laughs> um, I want to choreograph, so that's kind of my plan for the summer. No matter what happens, is to just like bust out some choreo on my friends who are free. Um, hope y'all know that <laughs> your free <Absolutely>. labor. <laughs> y'all give you good stuff for your reel. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, so I actually have been offered an unpaid trainee position at a ballet company. So I at least kind of have one offer on the table. What my plan would be there would be to move home over the summer, try to get some sort of, I don't know, waitressing job or work at Target, something where I can just save up as much money as I can whilst freeloading at my parents' <laughs> house and eating their food and whatnot. Um, and then... This specific unpaid position, I would still have enough time to have a job out there. So hopefully be able to live off of money I could save this summer and then a job out there. Um, another option I've considered would be moving home. I'm from Indianapolis. I know I've mentioned my hometown many times, but I've never said it. Um, Indianapolis has this really beautiful growing dance community and it would be really meaningful for me to go home and be a part of that. I've talked to some companies there, you know, a lot of the directors I know just from be living there my whole life until moving to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely think I could move back to Indy and gig, teach yoga, teach dance. But I do, as I do really at some point in my career want to do the ballet company thing. Mm -hmm. So if I were to do that, I would for sure be auditioning again next year. Um, my ultimate goal is to be the sugar plum fairy in the Nutcracker. Yes. So again, another thing that I have my eye on the prize for. So yeah, I think no matter what happens in this upcoming year, and you know, we are auditioning in a hard time during a pandemic when companies are struggling. But yeah, if, if I don't get an offer that will work out for this upcoming year, I do think I'll audition again next year. Oh, yeah. 
We'll be back. Yes, <laughs> always come back. <laughs> what about you, Sid? Okay, uh, I'm taking a break. So when we graduate in May, I'm going to give myself one month or six weeks max. And I'm just going to kind of live a little bit. I don't know what that necessarily means. If that means a trip. If that means I, you know, just do a, like the normal work for a little bit to get some money. Civilian jobs, right? <laughs> if that means work. I take random classes, dance, non-dance, whatever I want to do. I'm going to do that for probably four to six weeks. And then after that, I'm either going to move or I'm going to do... I want to get involved in like a talent agency that's not necessarily just dance, but it's like photography, you know, a little bit of acting. Oh, yeah. Little, little stuff like that. I've wanted to do it now, but I'm not 100% sure if Kansas City will be the place for me for this next year. Um, but yeah, I just think that I want to do a little bit of a break and then I'm either going to move or I'm going to join a company or I'm going to start freelancing. Yeah, but in four to six weeks after May, <laughs> you'll know. <laughs> She'll be chilling. Something I honestly kind of find exciting. I know you mentioned earlier that people who aren't performing arts majors often have a plan they know what they're going to do after college. When people have asked me through college, what are you doing after college? My answer has always been, well, I don't really know. I'm going to audition for a lot of different stuff and see what happens. I honestly think that's kind of cool and kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like I went and got this degree and now the next chapter in my book needs to be this job. It's just very open-ended and we get to write the own next chapter for our story. So it's really cool in that way. I'm super big on gap years. I did not take one after high school. I wish I did, but I just went straight into the college lifestyle. So I'm kind of calling this year after college my gap year. So whether that be just like freelancing or gigging or if I get into a company, I'll of course go. But I just think that really taking that like first year after college to kind of figure out more of what you want and then kind of reevaluating my life from there. I know I want to move at some point in the next year somewhere completely different. So stay tuned. <laughs> and something else too that I feel like should be said is the dance world is moving away from company contracts and company contracts are getting shorter. Um, there's still a bazillion and a half companies out there, but company contracts are when they might've been 40 weeks, they're now 30 or 25, meaning you have a lot of time outside of that to pursue other things. And even dancers at the big contracted companies like Kansas city ballet are doing a ton of outside stuff. Like I'm thinking my the first thing that comes to mind is James Kirby Rogers, who's mm -hmm. a, like if KCB had like the rank that he would be a principal. He's like the star. Yes. He's doing so much choreographic work and like so much exploration of what contemporary ballet could look like in Kansas City. He did an outside show this summer. It was we went. Erica yeah, and I did. It was stunning. It was very he had very very cool stuff and like that was not what I thought a huge ballet company dancer would do you know like he does the ballet thing but even like the huge new york companies they all do outside stuff that's very very interesting and cool and so because companies are moving away from that like super long contract you only show up to this every day you don't do outside work um freelancing is getting really big and freelance you can absolutely make a career out of freelancing we have a professor who does that she's a freelancer and is always grinding away so that's also very exciting to me is like I could be choreographing I could have you know my own little group of people who I set work on I could also be dancing for someone I could be teaching Pilates I could continue doing the podcast you know things like that so that's what's exciting about this career path too is like it's not oh you got your main job and then you got your side hustle it's like no you got this and this and this and this and I, I love that about it but to our dancer listeners, if there's any out there, <laughs> what is your best piece of advice for this season of life? Cricket, cricket. <laughs> that's, that's a heavy one. Best piece of advice. Or just any advice. It doesn't have to be good. <laughs> it could be bad advice, I guess. <laughs> I would say be outgoing, but be selfish with where you go. Yes. Because I've 
I had this feeling, it kind of goes back to like how I was first semester, where I was like, oh, I have to audition for every single thing and there's nothing out there and yada, yada, yada. And I had a professor told me that like, you're not just auditioning for them, like you have to make sure that it will be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of places that I know just would not be a good fit. And I have always had this mentality that you audition for everything and you say no to nothing and you show up everywhere. And that's not... I'm learning more and more that that's not serving me and I found a lot of joy and I'm a lot happier doing things and pursuing companies that I actually would like to be in. Yeah. This is another thing I learned in my yoga certification, but kind of a big metaphor here. So if you're floating in a boat down a river that has a pretty steady current, you might have to steer yourself in the right direction or steady the boat from time to time, but you don't have to constantly paddle because there's already a current that's moving you forward. So how I apply that to my life is I'm the type of person who cares a lot and sometimes that manifests in very anxious and desperate actions where I'm just trying so hard and I'm freaking myself out and Instead of getting all worked up, I am trying to just trust in myself and trust in the universe that things are going to unfold as they should. So I'm personally trying to learn to let go of the paddling all the time and how exhausting that can be and just ride the current that is life and see where that takes me. Yeah, that's really good. Those are both really good. I would say my piece of advice goes back to kind of my like, mentality right now I feel like this is my stock advice for everything I've said this to probably most people who like I've had conversations with about literally anything but is that you're never going to arrive like I'm never going to arrive at a place where I'm ready to be in a company like tbh I feel like I'm a I feel like I've finally mastered the like college life I'm like feeling kind of good in class and it's like, mm, you're done in two months. I'm like, I finally know the ballet warm-up we do every single week. Well, goodbye. <laughs> well, goodbye. Um, and I, I joked about that with my parents. I was like, wow. Like, I, when I was in high school, I was like, I'm finally good at high school, and now I'm leaving. But that's kind of the point. Like, right. when you get good at something, you have to move on. And so you're never going to arrive. Like, I'm never going to have it all figured out. I'm never going to be ready for the perfect company like there will be times in my life where I'm I might be a better fit for them but I'm never going to stop learning and growing and shaping and my path is not going to be exactly how I need it to be what I think I need it to be right now and so I need to like to get yourself out of that head and this can apply to honestly so much in life like you're never going to be like have it all together enough to just like oh yeah this company's just gonna hire me no matter what because I have it all together. Like, I, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm really good at this thing. Like, you could be a hot mess express and get hired by a company because they see potential in you. Like, surely, I mean, I've been on auditions before. I don't know what's going on. I'm falling over. My hair's falling. My hair's always falling out these <laughs> days because it's so short. And I've still received opportunities because it's like, well, you know, you got potential. Like, put your hair up better next time. But other than that, <laughs> you're doing great. And so, like, Things that really have inspired me during this season of life is, um, I don't know who it is, but there's a UMKC alum who, like, never got a gig, never got more than, like, a couple freelance jobs, couldn't get into any companies, and then stopped dancing for a little while, came back into it, and got, like, the job of her dreams. And it's, like, she was, at that point in her, like, what you consider, like, late career and was just starting. We have a professor here who, same thing, took a break from dance to raise her four children, came back and was the star at a company here in Kansas City for forever. And now she's like the queen of the gram technique of Kansas City, like one of the most sought after gram teachers. So it's like these people that I look up to and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. They didn't do it when they were 22. So like I need to stop thinking that it's going to happen exactly at 22 nor will I ever be perfect for any job. So, yeah, it's it's a grind. It's we always actually, a grind. You know, we're in the phase now of auditions where we start finding out. Yeah. It's not just sending your stuff anymore. It's finding out if you got it. So that's fun. I think it's interesting that you chose to, like, 
record this in this specific phase because this is kind of like the thick of audition yeah <laughs> that's why I wanted to do it though I don't I don't know because like Marissa and I are in the thick of grad school um so I don't know I was just like you know what now while we're in it and we have not there's we have no control like let's just talk about it let's get our feelings about come it come back in a year yes. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll do we'll do a check-in it'd be fun that would be fun see where we're at in a year but um well thank you erica and sydney so so much for being on the podcast as i always finish my guest episodes I always say something I love, and something I love about Erica and Sydney, I'm going to lump you guys together, sorry, <laughs> um, is that, first of all, I'm so grateful they're in my pod. Um, don't think I can make it through the day without them, but I'm just so thankful for just, like, the drive and the energy they bring to the spaces they're in. Like, when I come to class, I, I know it's time to work, because Erica and Sydney are there, and I know that, like, the legs are going to be up, the balances are going to be happening, and, like, they make me push myself whether that be in class or in auditions or even like I did not want to do this company audition last week and I texted Sydney and I was like dude I'm not doing it she was like no you can just do it (laughs) and so I did and you know it turned out fine so I'm just very thankful for them being alongside me my senior year oh right back out you rockers (laughs) I know it's a good time our little pod is a good time it's I'm going to miss when the pod has to disperse. Oh, I know. Anytime Can't I'm not in the pod, it. I'm like, where, where are my people? <laughs> um, but yeah, so thanks for tuning in. We're, as always, wherever and whenever you're listening, I hope you're having a great one. Tune in next week. We're going to talk about the 9 to 5 work. We're going to talk about the civilian work, as our professors <laughs> call it. The muggle, muggle hours. Muggle hours. <laughs> Who said that? That was so funny. That was John Swapshire. John Swapshire oh, called it Muggle genius. Hours. Um, we're going to talk about Muggle Hours and just kind of discuss what that looks like because that is always an option for me as well. So tune in next week, but thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>